Greetings, exalted one. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. I know that you are powerful, mighty Jabba, and that your anger with Solo must be equally powerful. I seek an audience with your greatness to bargain for Solo's life. With your wisdom, I'm sure that we can work out an arrangement which will be mutually beneficial and enable us to avoid any unpleasant confrontation. As a token of my goodwill, I present to you a gift. These two droids. What did you say? Both are hardworking and will serve you well. This can't be. Artu, you're playing the wrong message. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone and welcome back to their exciting episode of the wampas lair podcast this is episode number 390 legend of luke skywalker i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and with me the uncle owen to my aunt baru we've got carl leclaire you better have this podcast posted by midday or there'll be hell to pay he's just not a podcast editor owen he's got too much of his father in him that's what I'm afraid of. He's never going to get that thing done on time. Oh, oh, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You want some blue milk? Uh, I would love some because, you know, this t- – so today's episode, we are going to – we invite you all to join us at the campfire for some stories about the legend, the myth, Luke Skywalker. Yes. So we wanted to just sit down and look at some of – our favorite moments about Luke Skywalker from the films, but kind of talk about them through the through the lens of as if they're legends that we ourselves are are hearing and retelling. Um, so we're we're hoping to have a little bit of fun with this episode, looking at some of these really iconic moments of Luke, but trying to give them that really epic mythical feel that you would have as if you were sitting around a campfire. So please join us for this week's episode at the fire. Yes, yes, I'm so excited about this one. Um, it's kind of like a top five, but different. Uh, and, and we've never done something like this. And, and if it goes well, I hope we get to do it again because I'm, <laughs> I'm already excited about this episode. <laughs> I am too. And in conjunction with this episode, we have decided to, um, we've done these, I think twice now through the almost nine years of podcasting, but we are going to be bringing three times. Jason is motioning at me. Um, yes three times over the past almost nine years where we have played through the entire Star Wars radio dramas from the NPR broadcast back in the 90s. Um, And with a storytelling episode like this, we figured why not start with the A New Hope radio drama once again. So if you are so inclined to stick around at the end of this episode, uh, we will be playing episode one of the A New Hope radio drama titled A Wind to Shake the Stars. So stick around at the end of the episode if you're interested in listening to that. Also, if you're just tuning in, you're like, wow, this episode seems excessively long. Remember that there will be an extra half hour tacked on to pretty much every episode moving forward now because of the radio drama. So yes. listen if you want. Don't feel inclined. Yes, exactly. Um, and and 
A lot of that has to do with I loved having Jamie on last week from the Duel of the Fates podcast and getting to talk about that radio drama that he created with the with the episode nine script from Colin Trevorrow. And I was just like, my goodness, time to time to revisit the uh, radio dramas again. We, we were talking about it on the podcast, uh, you know, the the last podcast. And I was like, in the back of my mind, I was going, I bet. I bet Carl wants to do the radio drama again soon. Um, <laughs> you were, and you were right. <laughs> I was right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. I will never. I will never say no to getting the radio dramas back on here. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get those all played through, and um, yeah, and in the next stable future. Yeah, there'll be an extra an hour or so tacked on to the end of the episode for those. So enjoy them. Um, if you've never heard them before, you really should check them out. They're well worth your time, especially the A New Hope one. Yeah. Uh, the Hope one is by far the best. The others are good. Return of the Jedi is, is uh, disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing um, because it doesn't stand up to the other two as much. Um, but it's still fun. Yeah, it, it is. It is fun. I mean, it also came out much later than the other two. Um, Indeed. So, but anyway, uh, we had a, a poll last week where we asked all of you what your favorite sequel trilogy movie was. And uh, we had quite the response, to say the least, Jason. Uh, so give it to us. We're breaking this down a little bit differently to, as a result. Yeah. So uh, we've got, of course, our Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram, where you can weigh in on our polls and matchups. Uh, and we'll give you all that contact information at the end of the episode. So be sure to stick around for that if, uh, if you're an Instagram user and haven't followed us yet. Um, but apparently our Twitter poll got picked up by the, the last Jedi cadre that's out there (laughs) and it just exploded, like literally exploded. We've had the most votes we've ever had in a poll, um, on Twitter because of it. So I've broken this up, uh, for us into our Facebook and Instagram post, and then just letting you know what everybody on Twitter said, because trying to combine them all together was going to just be a lot, a lot. So, um, and it wouldn't have been close if I had done that. Um, but on Twitter, we had almost 500 votes, 485, according to the Twitter statistics I was looking at. Um, the force awakens got, or excuse me, the, the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker came in third place on Twitter uh, with 8.9%, followed by The Force Awakens at 15.1%. And The Last Jedi came in first place was 76.1%. <laughs> yeah. was yeah. not even close on Twitter. No. Um, no. Hundreds of votes. So thank you, everyone, so much for weighing in and getting it sent around. Um, but with the... The other two locations we've got it, Facebook and Twitter, thank you, or Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, everyone, again, for weighing in. And there were some really fun responses as to why you like them uh, written in on our, our Facebook that I saw. So thank you so much for that. Um, third place was The Force Awakens with 12 votes. The Rise of Skywalker came in second with 13. And The Last Jedi, uh, you know, came away in first with 23 votes. So closer, but yeah. A definitive win for the last Jedi. Yeah, uh, where do you fall, Carl? Uh, to be honest, it it depends on the day. Um, I would say overall at this point, it's Last Jedi. But if I really just want a fun Star Wars movie, it's definitely Rise of Skywalker. Um, nice. So yeah, those two are going to be very interchangeable for me moving forward, depending on my mood. 
Um, I think Last Jedi is a far better movie, a far better film insofar as how it's constructed. Um, but Rise of Skywalker is far more fun. <laughs> There's no doubt about that in my mind. So it just depends on the mood I'm in. Um, uh, I would say overall Last Jedi is my favorite, but Rise of Skywalker, depending on the day. But what about you? Uh, well, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the other one in, in here. I'm actually going to say Force Awakens. Nice. Um, at, at least for now. You know, these always change, are always susceptible to change. But right now, The Force Awakens um, is my number one of the sequel films. Um, so it, it's got some fantastic moments, and uh, I'm really, you know, really enjoying the soundtrack from it mm, at the moment. So Yeah, it's a good score. But... Anyway, that that gives us our poll reactions, our poll responses, and, and again, thank you everyone so much for sharing and liking and, and voting in on our, our poll, and uh, stick around. We've got a fun matchup for you at the end of the episode uh, relating to the topic that we are discussing <laughs> today, of course. So, but Carl, um, I think it's time to, to pull our, our tree stumps up around the campfire, snuggle into the blankets, and roast some marshmallows. Uh, you got some... You got some fun stuff for us today? Oh, yeah. Listen to that fireplace roar. Well, it's not a fireplace. It's an open campfire. Woohoo! Oh, grab your favorite Ewog. It's time for fun. And don't you know that I will throw away the gun like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not good at... You know, I'm not really good at the whole, like, quick little rap battles. <laughs> um, so, I... That would have been the tamest rap battle of all time. <laughs> yeah. I would have just gone, I would have just given you a thumbs up and been like, yeah, what you said. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so Luke Skywalker, right? The arguably most iconic um, hero character to come out of the Star Wars mythos. Um you know, uh, obviously new fans, probably not. You know, probably for new fans, it's it's probably Rey or Ahsoka. Um, but be that as it may, you know, Star Wars was built on the original trilogy, and the original trilogy was built on the story of Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. And it's a story that we can all relate to. So I want to share some of my favorite stories about this heck of a hero. Um, so if I may, I'd like to take... I'd like to just tell a very relatable story, um, and and my first story I call it a nobody from nowhere. And Jason, have you ever heard this story about a young man who's just like hanging out on this backwater planet called Tatooine? Tatooine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to have like three sons and no, no, no. I believe it's it's just two actually. One of one of them probably got blown up by a Death Star. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this this planet called Tatooine with this, you know, this uh, adopted boy named Luke Skywalker. Oh. And Starkiller. No, 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 no. That was changed in and in, in from the rough draft. Um, oh, so okay, <laughs> They saved that later for Sam Witwer. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, folks, folks, this is going to be the whole episode. We're going to have fun with this. So just <laughs> buckle in. I can hear all the unsubscribe buttons going off right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope not. I, um, I hope. Because but, I'm having so much fun already. And we've <laughs> so Luke Skywalker is just this, uh, this young man living on a moisture farm on the planet of Tatooine. 
and these two droids just end up in their care, care of some uh, a Jawa sandcrawler, right? The Luke's uncle, Owen, is in need of some, some extra pair of hands on the moisture farm. And unbeknownst to them, they take in these uh, these guardians of these these special plans to the Death Star. And Luke is just this character who just, like all of us, can kind of come... He's just kind of sick of where he's at in life, right? He's this young person stuck at home. And, you know, there's uh, this beautiful moment where I heard that he just he he loves gazing at the sunset. You know, these beautiful twin suns that set on Tatooine and, you know, just dreaming of so much more in his life. And, you know, as he's as this young person is just dreaming for a bigger life, these Random, this random message just plays out of this R2 unit from this beautiful princess calling him on this adventure. She's in need of help. And it just awakens something in Luke where he knows that he's he is destined in some way to be the hero. And it just wakes up this desire to do so much more with his life. And I love this story, Jason, because it's a story that tells us that uh, you know, None of us are nobodies, and that the will of the Force can can interact with any of our stories. It can be any of us that the Force can call to to do something great. And and I love that kind of this nobody from nowhere becomes this somebody from somewhere. That's my first story. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up from your first story, and I'm gonna go back to an earlier point in Luke Skywalker's life. Now this this one. This story's got a little bit more ambiguity to it because it's been passed on and, and kind of uh, given word of mouth and secondhand things like that. But apparently, he used to he used to ride T sixteen Skyhoppers back home and um, on the farm, and he'd fix them up and fly them with his buddies. And the most dangerous thing to do in this area of Tatooine is fly these T-16s through Beggar's Canyon. Mm. Uh, and they'd race them like, you know, hotshot little stupid kids. Um, you know, <laughs> put his uncle in a tizzy every time. Um, but they'd do this, and and Luke was really, was really good. Um, but he was always the, like, the young kid and the one that everyone kind of picked on. So he kind of had to prove himself. And one day... He managed to to win the race by flying his T-16 Skyhopper through what they call the needle. And the needle is this big column of stone at the end of the canyon with a, a hole in the middle, barely big enough for the Skyhopper to fit through. I think he might have clipped some wings off and kind of done a crash landing sort of thing, but that's up for debate. Um, but he won. And everyone was impressed and told him he was crazy that he flew through the needle. And he was like, yeah, but I did it. And <laughs> and that's how he really got, got, got started and dreaming and, you know, about, about being a pilot and f- wanting to fly away from this place. And so when these droids showed up that you were talking about, that kind of was like, ah, maybe I can really get off now. So, yeah, but that was that's kind of the story that I heard. Um you know, he, he, he raced uh, a bunch of his friends like Biggs and Tank and, and I don't know, like Whiny or Windy or whatever his name was. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
You know, um, boy, that 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 ability to to fly like that, to, to thread the stone needle. You know, yeah. he must have the ability to see things before they happen. I mean, he's got it because it's like right at the end of the canyon, and and it's almost like a blind turn into it, if I remember correctly. I've not been there myself, mm, nor uh, have I. Know. Yeah, I've not been able to visit. No, no, no. But yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a big thing, and uh, nobody else tried it. As far as I know, you know, piloting skills like that actually make me think of the only other real famous person to come from the planet Tatooine, which is Anakin Skywalker, who won the Boonta Eve Classic when he was only nine years old. This is the only human to compad race. Oh, my gosh. No one. Obviously, Luke is a Skywalker, you know, (laughs) only only someone like that could could thread that stone needle. Exactly. Exactly. What a what a story. (laughs) What a story. Um, um, well, my next story is I, I, I want to try to stay chronologically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if whose next story might come up next. My next story takes him all the way to Cloud City. I feel like oh, you might have a story I, before that. I got one before that. All right, let's I, hear it. We kind of already mentioned it a little bit. We kind of talked about it. But is this big Death Star? Mm, uh, right. And, you know, the, he gets the plans from the droids and... They have all these adventures, um, getting the plans to the princess, rescuing her from Darth Vader and the Death Star, and taking the, her and the plans back to the Rebel Alliance. Now he's there. He's got the opportunity to get into his own starfighter, an X-Wing starfighter, much better than the T-16, I can tell you that. Hmm. Um, and with the help of the plans that he helped safeguard to the Rebel Alliance, he gets to go and fly in the battle against the Death Star, the Empire, and he's he's a pretty good pilot, you know, like I said before, but he's never been in a battle like this, so it's a little nerve-wracking, but one by one, the Rebel flight teams get shot down by Darth Vader and other TIE pilots and cannons on the surface, things like that, and finally it comes down to... Luke and his two wingmen, his friend Biggs Darklighter, who he grew up with on Tatooine, and then Wedge, Wedge Antilles, who's a cool guy, I hear. Um, (laughs) And the three of them have to blast down this canyon across the Death Star uh, in order to shoot a proton torpedo down a thermal exhaust port. If it hits it just right, the torpedo will go down the exhaust port, hit the main reactor, and blow the whole thing up from the inside. But... Red Leader, the leader of the X-Wing flight, tried it and missed. It just impacted off the surface of the um, of the exhaust port. And so they have to try again, but Luke is the, the next one in line to do it. And so he goes racing down with his wingmen. Um, Red Leader gets blown up by Darth Vader um, off to the side, and then Vader comes back down the canyon after them. Uh... Wedge gets hit and has to pull out because his X-Wing's no good anymore. Biggs gets shot down, which sucks. Um, And it's only due to the last-minute appearance of a smuggler named Han Solo, who he got wrapped up in this adventure, um, you know, providing enough distraction for Luke to use the Force, not his targeting computer, use the Force to know when to fire his proton torpedo in order to hit the escape... Uh, the uh, exhaust port just right. So the proton torpedo heads down deep inside the Death Star. They fly off 
and it blows up, saving the Rebel Alliance, killing Grand Moff Tarkin and sending Darth Vader spinning into outer space on his own until he gets, you know, picked up later, smelling like a piece of leathery burnt bacon. Um, (laughs) Or so I heard. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, almost single-handedly, he blew up an entire Death Star um, using the Force and not relying on the targeting he has. So that's, that's pretty big. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I'll say, and how I like how fascinating that you know it sounds like so much of his life was kind of preparing him for that moment. I mean, that first story you told just now about him threading the stone needle, making this you know this race uh, on Beggars Canyon. It's almost like all those experiences prepared him for that moment. You know, flying through that trench on the Death Star. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's so cool, and then. You know, the the kind of surprise, uh, you know, showing up of Han Solo. I mean, I, I think it's just so wonderful to remember that, you know, uh, sometimes in life when things seem the most dire and the most terrifying, something unexpected and wonderful happens. And, yeah. you know, like you have this, you know, devil with no care person like Han Solo who comes back to help. Like, what the heck? Where'd that come from? Well, I mean, I, I, I guess he, he was a good friend to Han, Luke was. And, and that kind of uh, changed Han's heart a bit, and he came back to help his friend out. So, you know, Luke, Luke's one of those good guys out there. Wow. Yeah, that is a great story. Oh, I love it. I, love, that's, I mean, that is, the, that is the story that kind of it, it put etched, him on the map. Yeah, it etched the name of Luke Skywalker across the stars, right? Like everybody knew who he was at that point. This this kind of young pilot who who takes out this terrifying, you know, battle station, you know, the the, the likes of which, you know, uh, you know, there was an entire Rogue One crew that yeah. that gave up their lives to try to take this thing down and it and it, and it took someone like Luke who who just kind of throws himself into tr- the, this trust in the force. I'm almost, I'm almost curious if Luke Skywalker was somehow aware of the story of Chirrut, you know, who also just like walked out into, a, in, into the, to the, the fires of hell to, to throw a master switch, you know, just yeah, threw yeah. himself into the, the embrace of the force. And now we get to see Luke Skywalker with that same level of trust. That's awesome. That would be cool if he did, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic story and there are parallels. So yeah, yeah. Um, Although maybe not, because the quote close together. I don't know if they had time to tell those stories, but yeah, who knows? Point. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely it, you, you see the will of the force working in here because there are definite similarities and things kind of picking up from previous instances. But that's not where Luke stops. No, he doesn't stop. It just kind of just starts in a lot of ways, right? I mean, this is kind of the still the start of 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 his story. Um, so. Uh, can I tell a story about how he goes to confront Darth Vader on Cloud City? Yeah, yeah, because they have that kind of close interaction in the their starfighters over at the Death Star, and he kind of sees Luke a little bit, you know, as they're escaping. But this is like the the, the, the big Kahuna. This is like yeah. what he, Luke's been building for, because like Vader, Vader was supposed to have killed his father, right? <laughs> That's what we heard, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know. After after spending some time training with you know the infamous Jedi Master Yoda, um, Luke shows up 
to to confront Darth Vader on Cloud City on Bespin. And he goes there with a level of confidence, knowing that he's going to save his friends, right? This is, you know, I love this because this is the same Luke Skywalker who felt an awakening from the call of, of this princess, Princess Leia. He felt that call to go do what was right, to, to, to kind of go the selfless route. And, you know, while he's on Dagobah, he's... he's you know he's kind of haunted by this this vision of the future of of his two closest friends Han and Leia in extreme danger on Cloud City so he goes off knowing that this is going to lead to a confrontation with Darth Vader who is his sworn enemy right Luke Skywalker sees the end of his journey coming at the the vanquishing of Darth Vader he knows that ultimately He's going to become a Jedi Knight so that he can destroy Darth Vader, the one responsible for for killing his own father. So Luke shows up there and he has this hard fought battle against this Dark Lord of the Sith. And you know what's so cool, Jason, is he is one of the only people up until that point of time to ever land a hit on Darth Vader. He lands a hit on him. Luke hasn't even fully trained as a Jedi Knight, and yet he's so powerful that he's able to almost cut off Darth Vader's arm by hitting him in the shoulder. Oh, man. But that apparently that just really ticked off Darth Vader, and he cuts his hand off. So... <laughs> uh, I guess I can piss, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke it doesn't go well for him at that point. But the crazy thing is, is, as Luke is standing there, he learns the most terrible thing he could have ever thought possible. He learns that Darth Vader is his father. What? Yeah, Exactly. Luke, no, no. <laughs> the, the very same person that he believed to have killed his father is in fact his own father. What? I know. It's not true. It's impossible. You would think. You would think. You would think. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but but Luke, Luke goes there thinking that he's doing the right thing, but sadly, he's kind of wrong. Luke, Luke fails here. Right. You know, uh, I, I love this, that our hero, he goes with good intentions, but he he's he's wrong. He fails. He comes up short. And I, you know, the thing about this story that's so wonderful is Luke is fascinated by his father. He wants to know more about him. And then when he learns who it is, Darth Vader even invites him. He says, come and join me. We'll, we'll overthrow the emperor together. We can rule the whole galaxy together. But rather than do that, rather than go down this path of evil, Luke throws himself into the abyss. He doesn't know what's going to happen by doing that, but he knows that he cannot join Darth Vader. His father or not, he's not going to join the path of the, of the dark side. So he throws himself away into the abyss, not really knowing what that will lead to. I mean, I love this guy. This guy, even though he was, even though he comes up short, he fails with his mission here. He fails with what he intended to do. He still resists the easy route. He still resists giving into the evil and joining his father in this quest for power. Luke doesn't care about power. I love this. He'd rather throw himself into possible death than choose to join the side that craves nothing but power. Yeah, the dark side. You know, it's it's a... It's a- According to, to the Yoda's teachings, the Yoda, according to Yoda's <laughs> teachings, uh, you know, it's, it's quicker, easier, and more seductive, but that doesn't mean it's more powerful. And so Luke has to remember that. 
and he has to hold on to that and that's a big deal that's a really big deal a big decision that he made there it's 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 not an easy decision especially you know when you're sitting there with your hand cut off um and your father is saying hey come join me and offers his hand you know that's uh that's not that's not an easy thing to do but he stays true to his principles and he stays true to the the will of the force that he's you know following so that's that's really impressive yeah i think so too i love this guy oh he's a pretty cool dude yeah he's a cool dude um and to to emphasize this I've got a story that that takes us a uh, about a year or so later after this. He's he's been training more as a Jedi, um, but no one's really kind of seen what he's capable of yet. Um, but his friend Han Solo has been kidnapped um, by Jabba the Hutt, and he's like in some sort of carbonite thing on a wall decoration sort of thing. And so Luke and the Princess Leia and uh, some other folks stage this um, this rescue mission to get Han Solo back from Jabba the Hutt. And it, it isn't going well because Princess Leia gets captured and Luke is the only one that's not, you know, in chains or in prison. Han's been taken out of the carbonite, but he can't see anything because he's got like hibernation sickness or, um, you know, carbon blindness or whatever it's called um but (laughs) so luke has to walk in and try and save the day by himself and he shows up all you know dressed in jedi robes um and walks into jabba's palace and just basically tells jabba to let everybody go and jabba laughs at him because you know jabba's a big crime lord he's you know not gonna be pushed around by a silly little jedi um and he has to fight Jabba's monster, this Rancor beast that's under the, the, the palace, the, the, the throne room there, and he kills it, uh, you know, shows off his Jedi powers, but he doesn't have his lightsaber yet, because we find out he's hidden that inside R2-D2, mm. um, the droid that brought him the Death Star plans. So that's pretty cool. But then they're all taken to the pit of Karkoon. Where they have to fight another monster or escape a monster. And Luke signals R2, gets his lightsaber, and just kind of goes all old Jedi on him. And, like, you know, classic Jedi deflecting laser bolts, leaping from skiff to skiff. And he's just, like, full Jedi master at this point. Um, it's it's really awesome. And he, he gets to demonstrate his skills. He saves all of his friends. All of his friends survive. And they manage to escape and blow up Jabba's sail barge. Um, and and that really kind of gets us to the point where, where Luke showcases his skills as a Jedi. And he's built his own new lightsaber at this point. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Um, I like green lightsabers. I think those are the coolest. Um, <laughs> so this is this is where I like it. But yeah, no, so th- this, is, this is that moment where he really kind of comes into his own. He's no longer a learner. He's a Jedi, and he really kind of demonstrates that for for the galaxy at this point. And this is the big moment where he, he demonstrates that for all of us, and and is the one who saves his friends. Like they they all were involved in this plan, but without Luke, none of them would have made it out, and Jabba would have you know used them for his amusement however he wanted. <laughs> 
You know, I, w- I wanted to talk about this story too. Oh, this oh, that's one, fantastic. This is one of my favorite stories about Luke Skywalker. You know, just the, this kind of like you were saying, you know, the, the kind of the confidence. That's what I love about this story is, right, yeah. we, the, the, the Luke that we, we heard about who fought Darth Vader on Cloud City, you know, he isn't exactly sure of himself because basically everything he thought was true about his story up to that point, everything he thought was true about his, his father – was different from a certain point of view. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. you know, the this this Luke Skywalker that shows up in Jabba's palace, you know, he marches into this dark den of thieves and murderers and confronts the mighty Jabba the Hutt, right? The, one of the most powerful crime syndicates in the galaxy is run by Jabba the Hutt. And here without comes... Without lightsaber. Without his lightsaber. He just strolls in there without his lightsaber but what does he bring with him, right? I, I, I love how beautifully this story plays off of that story when, you know, he's training on Dagobah and he goes to, to that magic cave and he takes his weapons with him, right? What you take with you will be the result of what happens. So rather yeah. than bringing his weapons in with him to Jabba's palace, he goes in unarmed, which to him is th- that, that deeper truth of what he learned from Yoda, which is that a Jedi never uses the force for attack. So Luke goes in there, yeah, only for knowledge and defense. So Luke goes in with nothing but his confidence, and he is grounded and centered in the Force. And he goes in there and basically just he just walks right in there to the to the kingpin of crime lords and says, "Hey, let my friends go." You know, uh, it, it it's it's just reminds me of that beautiful story from uh, I believe it's called uh, like Judaism. It's, it's, it's an earth religion where, okay. you know, you have this character named Moses who strolls up and says, you know, to this mighty King Pharaoh, let my, you know, let my Israelite people go. And, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's this really powerful moment. And uh, the Pharaoh says no. And just like the Pharaoh, Jabba also says, no way. I'm not letting your friends go. He laughs at him, like you said, and oh, tries to oh, feed him oh. to the rain corps. Luke says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not today. Sorry, bye, Felicia." Um, and he slays Malakili's distress. Yes, I do feel bad for poor Malakili. He does not like this story. Um, no, he does. But uh, you know, Luke Luke takes down that that rancor, and then, like you said, he has to go to battle over this the the great pit of Carcoon. And even there, Luke is trying so hard. You know, free us or die. You know, at that point, he he gives that final ultimatum. You know, and the thing that's I think that I love so much about that story is, is he's not saying it so much as a threat as just almost like a karmic promise. You know, if you attack us, I'm going to have to defend myself and I'm really powerful now. Right. And I'm powerful because I'm centered in the force. So Luke, like you said, he kind of just bursts into this, the, the Jedi of old, these, you know, those glory stories we've heard of Jedi for thousands of years. Luke yeah. just goes in there and, and he cuts down this entire crime boss's private army, almost yeah. single-handedly. He's got a little bit of help from, from Lando and from Leia. But other than that, he's doing it kind of on his own. Han and Chewie are too busy being blind and wounded. Um, so right. Luke, is, Luke is taking care of everything. And, you know, this is incredible. Uh, you know, and, and the reason I love this story so much is Luke reminds us that we're all capable of being kind of these incredible heroes when we are centered and grounded in our, in our truest sense of ourselves. When we really know ourselves, when we really are confident in who we know that we are, 
there's kind of nothing we can't stand up against. You know, it's it, it's to me, it's this classic story of the bully. Jabba is the the epitome of all bullies. He is the big, ugly brute who likes to slam you into the lockers. But Luke is the one who's true to himself and knows he's stronger than that. Um, and he's better than that. And, and you know, yes, Luke has to dish out some some vicious justice, <laughs> but his hand was forced. And I love that Luke doesn't go in there looking for a fight, but he won't not defend himself. I think that's the path of a true Jedi. Well, and he definitely showcases that and, and walks that Jedi path in a way that's very, very visible um, and lets everybody know that Jedi have returned because yeah. now Jabba's not in operation anymore. Yep. I, bet that, I bet that upended a lot of things. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> Well, what's the next story you wanted to, to, to bring up? Since you wanted to talk about that one, too, you, you bring up the next one. Well, I have a feeling you might want to talk about this story as well. I call it I Am a Jedi. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yes, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. It's a really good story. So, you know, Luke now brimming with this confidence and this experience of what he's capable of doing with that confidence and that, that centeredness in the Force. Um, right? They go off on this adventure to Endor. He gives him. He surrenders himself to to his father, Anakin Skywalker, who's still in the guise of Darth Vader. Right, right. And ultimately, Luke gets drawn into this lightsaber fight with Darth Vader. Remember the last time he fought this guy? It didn't go so well. He kind of no, kind of lost his hand, um, and kind of his whole worldview was yeah. smashed by Darth Vader. Here he is, round. You know, this is this is the Rocky two. He gets another chance at Apollo Creed, right. and you know he he goes. He is kind of he's drawn into this fight again, much like his experience with Jabba. He goes into this moment. He goes to confront his father out of a sense of love, out of a sense of respect and compassion, not looking for a fight. Again, he literally once again surrenders his lightsaber as he hands himself over to Darth Vader. But with enough taunting, the Emperor is able to draw out that anger. And then, you know, Darth Vader kind of capitalizes on that by threatening his sister. Right? Luke finally knows he has a sister. He's not alone in the galaxy. Um, he's already got this family of friends. But now, among the family of friends is his actual blood relative. And Darth Vader threatens her. And Luke just goes off on him. But... It's in that moment where Luke realizes that that's not the Jedi way. The Jedi don't use the Force for attack. They don't use it to strike down helpless victims, right? Like, at this point, he's beaten down Vader, and the Emperor is telling him to kill him, but Luke won't do it. And the thing I love in this story is it's so much like his decision on Cloud City. He throws that weapon away, just like he threw himself into the abyss. When he throws his lightsaber away... He's at the mercy of the Emperor, who has no mercy, and at the mercy of the Force. So again, it shows, you know, we, we, Luke is someone who really trusts in the will of the Force and trusts in knowing that what he's doing is the right thing to do. Um, and he's really hoping that this nonviolent choice is the right choice. And, we're, you know, what's so cool is that this, this self-understanding and confidence that has come into Luke's person... It awakens this love that was buried deep inside Anakin Skywalker. And Anakin Skywalker comes back and saves his son by this 
this torrential downpour of dark lightning that the emperor is inflicting on him. And, you know, this story of Luke, when he, when he says that he is a Jedi, like his father before him, you know, it just really shows how the love of a son for his father and the father for his son can defeat the power of hatred in the emperor. And, you know, Luke ultimately tells us that love outshines hate. And that's the stronger. You know, he asked Yoda, you know, apparently when he was training on Dagobah, he asked Yoda, you know, um, is the dark side stronger? Here Luke knows the answer. No, it's not. Love it's is not. stronger than the dark. Yes, it really is. And and I love this story because, you know, not only for, for all these, these fantastic lessons that he learns through the Force and, and can pass on to us, but also because it's just an epic moment in the, the you know, age-long battle of the Jedi versus the Sith. This is this is one of those those pinnacle moments in this this back and forth that's been happening throughout the the cosmos and the eons before and probably into the future, um, at least in some respect. But you you have what is likely the only Jedi, the only fully trained Jedi in the universe at the moment, sitting there in the hands of two Sith Lords. And he walks in there with confidence uh, to confront them and to try and, and and restore his father, Anakin, thus you know making it a, a two-to-one in his favor, um, but being goaded into striking first um, by the Emperor who's one of the most wicked Sith Lords to ever live. Uh, Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, the Phantom Menace, as he's been called in some circles. Um, and, and he fights Vader again, and it's it's a wicked fight. It's rough and raw and uh, back and forth. And he does get the upper hand, and he hammers his father down into a submission position and and it's only at that moment that that the goodness the light breaks through and he realizes what he's done um and that he's going about this all the wrong ways the emperor just goads him even further because if luke does this the moment that is the moment where luke realizes what he's doing and realizes that he has to make a choice again um and and that choice is to claim his identity to be that jedi and to claim the identity that his father once was as well anakin was a jedi too yeah and that helps to break through the fog of the dark side around Anakin and helps Anakin to break out of Darth Vader, kill the Emperor, and then the two of them are able to have a moment of reconciliation. 
Jedi. I think I was a little early, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is so good. It is one of my favorite stories of Luke Skywalker ever. And when that happens, Luke Skywalker is able to defeat the Sith, and the Rebel Alliance is able to destroy the Death Star and break the back of the Galactic Empire, thus beginning the process for freedom back into the galaxy. Ugh. What a great story. It's a good one. It's a really, really good one. But I got a last story I want to tell you, Carl. All right. I feel like I'm, I might also want to talk about this story. It, it's a big one. It's the it's the most – some may say it's the most important. I'm not sure I would say that's the most important. But it's definitely the one of the final things that Luke has ever done and one of the most amazing things he's ever done. Um, we skip ahead like 30 years. He's an old Jedi who's exiled himself onto this this planet on an island called, uh, on a planet called Octo where the first Jedi temple was. He's gone back to learn, to study and to kind of do penance for something that he thinks he did wrong uh, in training Kylo Ren. Um, and he's started training and and instructing Ray, who's the new, the new hero on the scene, and she's supposed to become the new Jedi. But he's not sure if he how far he wants to take this. But she sparks some things in him, and he senses that he's needed again. And the Resistance is fighting the First Order. This is the new, the new rebellion, the new Galactic Empire. Um, they're fighting the First Order, and they're in a desperate state they're on this planet crate which is like full of sand and and you know salt and rock and it's a desolate place and they are are just about to be completely overrun and obliterated by the first order army that's coming in and all of a sudden out of the darkness of this abandoned rebel base that the resistance is hiding out hiding out in luke skywalker who shouldn't even be there, steps out of the shadows in full Jedi Master robes. He says hello to his sister, Princess Leia, gives everyone a sense of reassurance and confidence. And then he, alone, steps out into the sunlight to confront the entire First Order army and his former pupil, Kylo Ren, in an epic, epic moment. The entire army on the order of Kylo Ren blasts Luke Skywalker there in the ground. When the dust clears and the smoke settles, there's a crater there, but Luke Skywalker steps out of it completely untouched. He brushes some dirt off his shoulder, I hear, but there's nothing actually there, so you know, uh, it's more symbolic than anything else. And that, that makes... Kylo have to go confront him directly and they get into a fight except Kylo doesn't actually hit Luke they don't actually cross blades because Luke isn't really there this is the big moment the big reveal he's not really there he's projecting himself from his island on Yocto what? yeah like he's still he's hovering over this rock focusing hard into the force just pouring everything he is into this 
providing a distraction and a moment of escape for the resistance and his sister and Ray and letting them get out while he keeps Kylo Ren and the First Order busy. And he does that. Kylo Ren is pissed. Um, and they have a conversation. And Luke apologizes for not for not being able to, to help him, for failing him. Mm. Admitting that he was wrong in some cases, which is a point of growth that is important because he hadn't been able to do that when he sent himself into exile. But then he fades away, leaving Kylo standing there in an empty, battle-scarred plane. But Luke's given all he has. He falls from his levitated perch above this rock, manages to look through the force into a double Tatooine sunset from the ocean planet of Octo and simply fades away into the force like the great Jedi Masters. Ugh. It's beautiful and amazing. Ugh. You know, I, 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 I got to talk about this story too because it's to me, it's it's the last great story of Luke Skywalker, right? It is. It and, is. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, Jason, this story is so powerful that, you know, even maestros today are finding inspiration in this moment and writing really powerful music, like stuff like this, for instance. a lot for someone to be inspired to write something this powerful musically you know and this is that story of of our luke skywalker the spark on you know appearing at the battle of crate the things symphonies are written of yeah indeed so you know oh this is such a wonderful story and you know it 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 reminds me of something that's been consistent about this legendary person of Luke Skywalker. Luke always comes, answers the call of action when the people he cares about are in danger. Yes. You know, Luke did it in Cloud City um, all those years bef- ago. He did it he did years before Death that. Star. When he, What's that? He did it with the Death Star when he blew up the Death Star. Yeah. You know, Luke has always always come to the help of his friends when they're especially when they're the most dire and in need and and this is no different when luke comes to crate well when he force projects himself to crate yeah and luke you know when luke goes there you know he has this wonderful conversation with his sister where you know it, it was overheard that he essentially said that he can't save ben solo 
You know, and to me, that it shows how humble of a person Luke has become. He knows that he's not the savior of this story anymore. You know, right. he understands that there's someone else that the Force has brought brought forward, and he also understands that his sister, who has always been this, you know, this shining of shining beacon of hope in the galaxy, even her light is fading. And Luke comes there to say, "Uh-uh, no one's ever really gone." And you know, and he, he he just marches out there. All of the folks that are in the resistance can see him march out there to face down this entire First Order army. And then he has this powerful con- confrontation with his nephew, Kylo Ren. Yeah. But he will not lift a weapon, even though he comes there with a force projected weapon. He will not even cross blades with his nephew, because again. Like Luke learned all those years before, a Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Yes. And the thing that's so wonderful, why I like this story, probably one of my favorite stories of Luke most of all, is because this is, in a lot of ways, just like some of the other stories we talked about, this is a whole new way of saying Luke is the Jedi Master. I don't know of any other Jedi Master who's able to Force project themselves like this. This is how strong in the Force Luke is, is that he's able to project himself across the galaxy, across the stars to be there to spark hope in the galaxy again and to protect this fledgling resistance. It's incredible. So again, Luke shows up with nothing but the power of love, the love for his sister and even the love for the nephew that he failed. Luke shows up there to offer hope to a galaxy so desperately in need. And I think all of us can sleep a little better thanks to this legend of Luke Skywalker. Yes. One with the Force. Powerful. Firm belief in the will of the Force and the light side. Ah. It's so good. It's so good. It is so, so good. (laughs) <laughs> and thus concludes our stories at the campfire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Carl, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Ah, I love Luke. What a great character. Luke's obviously. a fantastic character. Um and and this is a really fun way. We were originally going to do a top 5 Luke Skywalker episode, but we were like, let's let's mix it up. Let's do something let's do something a little bit different with this and have a little bit of a different spin on it, um, which changed our list. You know, it, it, absolutely. It, we could still do a top five Luke Skywalker episode and, and not get all of these things on there. So, um, but this was a lot of fun, Carl. I'm so excited that we we did this. You had Carl had the brainchild for this, and I'm curious what 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 made you want to do the episode this way. I just wanted to try something a little bit different. Um, again, I really, I really liked the creativity that Jamie shared with us last week and how he came up with the duel of the fates. But I also just started listening on, on the audible account that you let me share with you, uh, the force collector story, uh, which is really fun. I'm really enjoying it. And I, you know, which is force collector is the story about a young person who goes and collects these stories of the old Jedi. And it was like, wouldn't it be fun if instead of just doing a top five, we played around with this a bit and we just thought of like the most legendary moments of Luke and talked about them as if they were stories that we were hearing for the first time or something. 
That's awesome. Oh man, yeah. It's been a it's been several months, probably about six or seven months, I think, since I, I got that and I listened to it. So it's been a while. Yeah. Actually, no, it was longer. That was the that was in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. Well, yep, is the lead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, that was probably almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're listening to it now. I thought yeah. you would enjoy that book. So yeah, you it's, mentioned it's it to me a while ago when you finished it. You're like, I think you'd like this, and I just never got around to it. And, um, you know, I got a new car this past week, which has like all these fun new gizmos and gadgets because it's a brand new car and it's so fun to play with, and you can like sync up your audibles like really easily. And I was like, ooh, I've always wanted to listen to this, so I started it. By the way, you want to know what I named my new car? What'd you name your new car? Savarine One. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm so proud of that name. <laughs> Savarine one. Um, um uh, so, Beckett would be proud. <laughs> yeah, I did it for Han. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, this yeah. was a lot of fun and I really want to do this, this kind of thing again someday. Uh, obviously we can only do this with a few characters because you right. know, um, you, you, you need enough to have a legend. <laughs> uh, enough stories to have a legend. So, right. um, but yeah, I think I think we could definitely do this with a few more characters someday. Yeah, um, let us know if you like this because we loved it and we entertained ourselves doing this episode. Yeah. So, if well, you like us and, kind of exploring it this way, please let us know. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's this is a fun way to look at like literally how story st- the Star Wars story is built to be a myth, right? It's it's these kind of big legendary epic things that tell you a lesson, right? That's the story of all myths, all myths and epics in, in the human experience are about telling you these grandiose stories that elevate you and that elevate you and, and teach you a very important lesson. And I think Luke Skywalker um, in a very real and very powerful way has these stories constructed around him through the mind and imagination of George Lucas and then Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, they, they tell these beautiful stories of this character who's mythical in his making and those myths can teach and inspire all of us. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, well, we're going to have, you know, one more thing to do with this, with this mythological character here. Uh, we're going to pit Luke Skywalker up against somebody in a matchup today. So Carl, who, who are we pitting Luke Skywalker against today? Well, we thought it'd be fun to take the Luke Skywalker that we meet in return of the Jedi. So return of the Jedi Luke against um, the Revenge of the Sith version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So who wins in that fight? These two great Jedi masters are, you know, come to come toe-to-toe with lightsabers drawn. Return of the Jedi Luke and Revenge of the Sith Kenobi. Who takes the day? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I, you know, I think I know who I'm going to pick, but I'm going to do a little bit more thought on it. Um, but, Carl, if people want to weigh in on what we talked about this episode, if they like the, the format of this episode, or if they want to weigh in on our matchup, where can people do that, sir? Uh, of course, we are on Twitter at Wampa's Lair. Um, we're still on Facebook at uh, Wampa's Lair Podcast, and you can follow us now on Instagram. Um, I'm having a lot of fun posting stories regularly there. Um, it would just uh, the underscore Wampa's Lair. Don't forget, you can always email us at wampuslairpodcast at gmail.com. Anything else you got before we close out this episode, Carl? Uh, No, just like we said, stick around after the episode for episode one of the A New Hope radio drama, if you are so inclined. Indeed, that Beggar's Canyon story I told earlier is going to be in it. That's right. Uh, Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Wampuslair podcast. 
This has been episode number 390, Legends of Luke Skywalker. For Carl, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. Star Wars, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Episode 1, A Wind to Shake the Stars. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. But most of the citizens of that vast empire of a million star systems took little notice of this tremendous conflict, at least at first. On the desert planet Tatooine, as on countless other worlds, Life goes on while great events are shaping the future of a galaxy. Here, amid the endless sands and the dune seas, the hostile wastes and barren lands, human beings struggle and endure. And here, too, men and women laugh and cry, hope and dream. So don't just dream about applying for the Academy. Make it come true. You can find a career in space. Exploration, Starfleet, or Merchant Service. Choose from navigation, engineering, space Space medicine, contact liaison, and more. If you have the right stuff to take on the universe and standardized examination scores and meet requirements, dispatch your application to... Screening Office. Carry the Commandant, Imperial Space Academy, your sector, and join the ranks of the proud. Dum, 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 dum. Oh, I'm out here in the tech dome, Wendy. Hey, Skywalker, come on. Everyone's over at the power station. We're going out to Beggar's Canyon. Uh, my hopper's acting up. Something's wrong with her thrust bias, so I'm going to ride with you. Sure. How'd you get here? Uh, my folks came over in the land speeder to see your uncle and aunt, and I hitched a ride. Oh. <laughs> what are you acting so guilty about? Huh? Oh, nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. Come on, let's see that tape, hey, Skywalker. Will you come on? Yeah, come on cut Skywalker. it out, Wendy. Aha! Applicants Information Packet, Imperial Space Academy. Will you stop? <laughs> You're still seeing Novus, huh, Luke? <laughs> Looks like this tape's been played a few thousand times. Give it back! The great Luke Skywalker, hero of the universe. <laughs> when are you gonna grow up, Luke? You're a farm boy, just like me. Hand it over, Wendy, or I'll take it. Okay, here. <laughs> Take it. What are you getting so touchy about? Come on, come on. Get your skyhopper going. I'll roll back the dome. Why'd your folks come over anyway? 
Oh, to talk about the moisture harvest, complain about crop prices, who cares? I guess it's a mercy visit, you know? Yeah. Aunt Beru's always eager for company. Even Uncle Owen is. But he'd never admit it. Well, get in, Wendy. Time's wasting. I don't expect to have another whole free day till the moisture harvest is in. She sounds smooth, Luke. Yeah, I worked on her all day yesterday. Well, listen, if you're planning on doing any racing, you can count me out, Skywalker. <laughs> Tatooine is no academy, and you're no star pilot. Not yet, anyway. Well, I adjusted the thrust sequence for extra boost. You better hang on to your seat. What? Skywalker's here? So oh. what? Don't bother me with small fry. Where's the juice? I'm thirsty. Here, catch one. Uh. <laughs> hey, everybody. Where's the party? Wherever I am, Luke. Right, Cammy? Correct, lover. <laughs> hey, boys. Guess what Skywalker was doing? Hey. Sitting in the tech dome playing an academy recruitment table. Oh, <laughs> not. You never yeah, change, no. Skywalker. Is that all you want out of life? To parade around in a fancy uniform? So what do you want that's so much better, Fixer? Yeah, you watch it, boy. Just because you got lucky on a couple of crummy tests that doesn't make you some kind of junior space explorer. I never it's... said I was any You know what I than... did back when they made me take those exams? What? I walked in, filled out my name, and walked out again. <laughs> I showed him. Yeah. Yeah, just because he can answer fancy trick questions and do school book flight maneuvers, he thinks it makes him better than I us. Yeah, Luke. Mm -hmm. So you happen to qualify. So what? What do you think you are? Biggs or something? Yeah. He just wants to go to the Academy because Biggs did. He always was his hero. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Academy. Why shouldn't I? Because it's for suckers, Skywalker. <laughs> they want to stick you into a uniform and give you orders. At least here at the power station, I'm my own boss. <laughs> anyway, my father says the Empire's just recruiting more people into the academies so they can draft them into the Starfleet. Do you mm -hmm. think anybody out there cares about Luke Skywalker? Mm -hmm. well, if you leave home, nobody knows you. Hey, where is the juice? Here it is. So, what's on the program for today, Fixer? Speed run, Skywalker. Speed run. Let me see how much time I can shave off the back stretch. There's no way you can cut much more time off your lap, Fix. Hmm? You're almost matching Biggs' best time around Beggar's Canyon as it is. Yeah, well, Biggs isn't here, and I am. I'm as good as he ever was. Oh, yeah, well, then why don't you thread the stone needle like Biggs did? Fluke. That ought to take five seconds or better off your time. Yeah, and Biggs is the only one who ever flew through it at racing speed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was just saying that if you want to improve your score, you're, you're gonna crazy, have... Luke. Why don't you guys go buzz the Womp Rats and take a few pot shots at him? The speed run stuff is going to get somebody killed. Hey, 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 what's the matter, Cammy? You don't think I can do it? Listen, anything the great Biggs Darklighter could do, I can do. I never said you couldn't fix it. Yeah, nobody was knocking you, Fixer. Besides, I don't need any shortcuts. Hey, do you want to try and keep up with me? Oh, Fixer. Huh? What, me? What, are you scared, Wormy? Yeah. All right, oh, you're on. Crazy. Boy, Wormy against the Fixer. Oh, That's going to be a slaughter. Well, then you can ride with oh, Fixer, I'm... Deke. What are we waiting for, boys? Let's go. Fixer, come back here, Fixer. I want this to stop right now.
Good luck, Skywalker. See you in the tight spot. Hey, I couldn't find those macro binoculars anywhere. Never mind, Wendy. Buckle up. Hey, what are you doing? Standing in for Biggs. Brace yourself. Ugh. Here we go. One run down the back stretch, Skywalker, whenever you're ready. Hey, wait a minute. You and Fix are in the bottleneck together? Count me out. Well, jump. Oh. Fall it even wait. with me, Skywalker, and we'll let her rip. Yeah. Okay, hit it! Oh. Look out! Will you shut up and keep... St oh, no, you distracted me, Wendy. Now uh, Fixer's got the lead. You let him keep it. I want to live. How does my afterblast feel? Oh. <laughs> too narrow to get past him. Whatever you do, don't go for altitude. Don't go for altitude. The crosswinds will smash us right into the canyon wall. Just make yourself comfortable back there, far boy. Yeah, that's what you think. Hey, you idiot, you took the wrong turn. You're headed for the stone needle. Yeah, I bet we shaved five seconds off our time. You're gonna kill us both. There's no going back now. Stay gripped, Wendy. We made it. Wendy, open your eyes. We made it. I'm alive. I don't believe it. Hey. Your stabilizer's gone! Oh, I can hold her. We've still got to cross that finish line. You'll crash us! Here we go. I told you I could bring her in. Hey, Wendy, we won! <laughs> we won! Won? Luke, you're crazy. <laughs> crazy! I'm riding home with one of the others. You're just an accident looking for a place to happen. <laughs> oh, Biggs. You should have been here. <sighs> Luke? Luke, are you up yet? Breakfast is ready. Mm. Morning, April. Good morning, dear. I'm afraid your uncle's in a big hurry today. He says things are still behind schedule. Come on now, eat your breakfast before it gets cold. Okay. But I don't think the desert's going anywhere. No, it'll still be there, Luke. If we don't get things ready for the season in time, that's all it'll be, a desert. I want some hard work today. Yes, sir. Keep an eye peeled when you're out. There are reports of sand people. I want you to see what you can do with the units up on the South Ridge. I expect them all to be running 100% and smooth for the day's end. But, Uncle Owen, those evaporators are 10 years old. They should have been replaced a long time ago. Well, you can get them functioning up to specs if you roll up your sleeves and quit your daydreaming. Look, I need a farm hand who'll pitch in, not a nephew with his head in the stars half the time. You pull your weight today or there'll be trouble. Owen! Come on, finish what's left before it gets cold, both of you. Look, dear... I put your lunch in the land speeder so you wouldn't forget it. Thanks, Aunt Peru. Well, I guess I'd better get going. Take the treadwell with you. Treadwell? But that old droid's in worse shape than the evaporators, Uncle Owen. What about getting some new droids? Oh, just what I need. Another expense. But with another droid or two, we could keep the whole farm at peak efficiency right through the harvest. Look, I can check around Toshi Station and Anchorhead, and there'll probably be a Jawa Sandcrawler passing through any time now. Maybe they'd have something we could use. Luke, give over your daydreaming and do your share, and we won't need any droids. I never let you want for anything, have I? Huh? Mm -hmm. Well then, young fella, 
least you can do is show some gratitude. Oh, Mars! Oh, and we could use a little more help. A droid that spoke domestic bocce could help me round the house, too, when you didn't need it. Oh, well. Luke, goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Emperor. I'll do my best with those evaporators, Uncle Owen. Honestly, Owen, I don't know what gets into you at times. Luke's never asked us for a thing. He works as hard as any farmhand. He could have gone off on his own long ago, and you know that. Baru, with his mind wandering half the time, he's never going to make his way in life. But you can't begrudge him his dreams. A person has to have their dreams. I've never once complained about living out here or hardly ever seeing other people or going without when the moisture harvest was bad, have I? Let's see here, missus. I never said to you. Oh, and even to the young people over at Anchorhead, Luke is an outsider. He hasn't had a close friend since Biggs went to the academy. I don't want him coming to harm, Baru. I want what's best for him. I know that, Owen. But it wouldn't hurt to tell him so. Well, I'll be most of the day on those condensers in the upper basin. Won't be home till evening, I expect. I'll have supper waiting, Owen. Hey, Treadwell? Come hold this junction plate in place while I torque it down, will you? That's it. That ought to do it. Now, let's give this old relic a try. Nothing. Oh, how does Uncle Owen expect me to keep these junk heaps running? Treadwell, clamp these two leads together while I splice them. No, no, you idiot. Will you use your insulated arm? Release! Release! Back off! <sighs> what I wouldn't give to be on another planet. Any planet. Uncle Owen's not going to like this a bit. Now I've got two major overhauls on my hands. Treadwell, get over to the land speeder. If we don't get those new droids now, we'll be in real trouble for the moisture harvest. Well, the sky's still clear anyway. At least there's no sandstorms blowing up. Maybe we can have things ready, but... Hey, what's that up there? I know you don't know, you maniac. Where are my macro binoculars? I know I left them in there someplace. Ah, here they are. Now, let's see. Yeah, yeah. There's two ships out there, all right. Two of them at least. And they're firing on each other. Well, that's incredible. Boy, they're really going at it out there. Come on, Treadwell. Get yourself over to the land speeder. I've got to get into Anchorhead and tell Fixer about this. Well, get it in gear, will ya? Okay, stay put then. I'll pick you up on the way home. Hey, uh, Kimmy. 
Did I just hear a young noise blast in here? Come on, Wendy's got a shot to make and there's money yeah. riding yeah. on her. Yeah. Come on, shape it up, you guys. Wait till you hear what I hey, just... We got company, Luke. What? Hey. When did you get back from the academy? So the two shooting stars are reunited at last. I'm so thrilled to be here for you. I just got in on the shuttle. I wanted to surprise you, Luke. You know, I thought you'd be here when I arrived. I forgot you have the harvest coming up. Hey, but how come you're back so soon? Didn't you get your commission? Sure. Hey, I got it. The academy accelerated our courses. It seems the Empire wants the commercial space lines expanded as soon as possible. Oh. <laughs> you ought to drop the Emperor a Thank you, Note Biggs. That's the only way you could have gotten out of that academy. <laughs> Signed on with the Starship Rand Ecliptic. Wow. Third mate Biggs Darklighter at your service. <laughs> hey, how's this for a snappy salute? Uh, <laughs> well, I hope you fly a ship better than you salute. Oh, Luke, what do you know? I think Biggs looks just fabulous in his uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggs just had to come back and say goodbye to all us planet-bound simpletons. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I almost forgot. Drop the game and come outside quick. You guys have got to see something. There's a battle going on uh, beyond the atmosphere. When are you going to stop seeing things and grow up, Skywalker? Uh -huh. Space battles. What a jerk. Biggs, I didn't just imagine this one. Well, if you say so, Luke. Hey, Deke, turn off that game. Oh, and it will still be here when we get back. Oh, here we go again. Captain Skywalker has sighted the enemy again, sir. <laughs> and is advancing to the rear. Right. Let's see. Yep, they're still there. I counted two earlier. Here, Biggs, you take the macro. Okay. See for yourself. Well, will do. What do you think, Biggs? Yeah, I'm afraid that... Oh, that's no battle up there, Luke. <laughs> Here, Cammy. Yeah, it's probably just a tanker fueling a freighter. No, no, it's the rebellion, right, Luke? All the way out here on the backside of nowhere. But there was a lot of firing before. I swear there was. Uh, I saw it. Well, then why would they still be holding position over Tatooine? Oh, Luke, they're not doing a thing up there. Firing my foot. Here, take these things back. Hey, Cammy, be careful with those. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Luke. These cost me a half-season saving. She told you not to worry about it, Wormy. Hey, Fixer, the show is over. Haven't you got work to do? Come on, Cammy. What? Are you just gonna let I him... I said, come on. So long, guys. Now, they're right about one thing, Luke. The rebellion against the Empire is a long way from here. You know, I doubt the Imperials would bother with this system. But... I could have sworn I saw. Hey, the... come on! I tell you what. Let's let's take a spin in that land speeder of yours, huh? I'd like to take one last look at Beggar's Canyon. Yeah, for old times' sake. Sure, Biggs. <laughs> Boy, you should have been there the other day when we ran the canyon. Yeah. You know, old Fixer started bragging about how he could do anything that Biggs could do. You know. <laughs> so I said, "Hey, you're so smart. Why don't you?" Yeah, and Fixer just pretended it never happened. <laughs> or as my skyhoppers busted up pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sure that made your uncle happy. Ooh, you have no idea. I'm grounded for the rest of the season. Nah, nah, you ought to take it a little easier, Luke. Nah. I mean, even if you are the hottest gully jumper this side of Maws Isley, you keep it up, buddy, and one day, whammo, you'll be nothing but a dark smear on a canyon wall. <laughs> hey, why'd you want me to come out to Beggar's Canyon anyway? Like I said, old time's sake. I mean, who knows when I'll be back this way, right? Huh? I guess. Well, there it is. The old stone needle. You know, you can see practically the whole canyon from this part of the rim. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know how I lived through all the crazy stunts we pulled down here. <laughs> Remember some of those? <laughs> Boy, we had the hopper now. We could give those womp rats a surprise. Oh, sorry. No, I, I am now valuable property. Keeping in mind the expense of cadet training, all graduates shall refrain from unnecessary risk-taking. <laughs> you? Do they happen to know how many stabilizer veins you've been up on the back stretch down there? Or how about the time you almost wiped out the stone field? <laughs> I, I figured it was better not to mention those to my piloting instructors. <laughs> <sighs> Boy, it hasn't been the same since you left, Biggs. It's been so quiet. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, you were always number one around here, Biggs. You were the one who made things happen. Yeah, that's a big galaxy, Luke. At the Academy, everybody was number one back where they came from. All of a sudden, I was just a face in the crowd. Yeah, but you made it, Biggs. <sighs> You're gonna see all those places we used to talk about. Yep. Luke, did you ever wonder why we're friends? Huh? The rest of them, back at Anchorhead. They'll never leave Tatooine. Maybe never get as far as Mos Eisley. Have you ever thought about that? Well, not exactly like that, I haven't. Fixer's just smart enough to know he's better off being a big noise in a small room. Cammy's dumb enough to think she's made the prize catch hereabouts, and Wendy's nothing but a follower, and Deke's the follower of a follower. But what are you saying, Biggs? You will make it off Tatooine, Luke. And they know it. That's why they won't accept you. Huh. Well, they're not so bad. I, I don't really mind them. Then how come you work so hard at being the hottest pilot around, huh? Well, hey, I... hey, did you see that? Wh Off on the far side of the canyon. Wh where? Sand people! You got your macros? Yeah, right here. Mm. Yep. Three banthas and... It looks like five Tuscan Raiders. Yeah? Yeah, they're, they're moving out towards the wastes. Hey, I'm supposed to keep a watch out for them at the farm. My uncle said there'd been some sightings around here. I, know. I should get back. Hey, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Well, that's a little excitement for your visit. You only think this planet's boring because you've never been anywhere else, Luke. Luke, I didn't... I didn't come home just for a visit. If I don't come back... I wanted somebody to know. What? Well, know what? Honestly, Biggs, will you stop being so secretive? Luke, I made some... I made some friends at the Academy. Yeah? And one of them will be on the Ram Decliptic with me. At our first port of call in the Inner Systems, we're going to jump ship and join the Rebel Alliance. But that's crazy! You could wander around forever trying to find them. Look, the Empire can't even find well, them. Well, if we don't find the Rebels, then we're gonna do what we can on our own. I'm not hanging around to get drafted into the Imperial Starfleet. The rebellion's spreading, Luke, and I want to be on the side I believe in. Yeah, and I'm stuck here. But I, I thought you were going to the Academy next year. I had to cancel my application. You know, the sand people acting up again. Come on, Luke! Your uncle could hold off a whole Tuscan raiding party with one blaster. One of these days, buddy, you've got to separate what seems important from what is. But the farm's just about to start paying off. Look, Uncle Owen needs me for one more season. Biggs, I can't just run out on him and Aunt Baru now. Uncle Owen, Aunt Baru, first it's sand people, now it's the crop. Meanwhile, your application's been cancelled, Luke. Cancelled. Luke, listen to me. Your uncle uses that I fed you and brought you up line to keep you here. Can't you see that? Biggs, my aunt and uncle are the only family I've got. They're all I've got. 
I don't care what you or anybody else thinks about me. I can't let anything happen to those Luke, two. Luke, I didn't I'll mean to I'll go on. Find your rebellion. You don't think I'd like to leave? You think I like staying behind? No, I never thought that, Luke. Well, that's how it sounded. Oh, here, I'll let you off by the power station. Thanks for the ride, Luke. Yeah. Sure. Luke. Luke, I had a friend at the Academy. He helped me through the way I, the way I used to help you. Just before graduation, I heard he got picked up during a roundup of rebel suspects. And they said he died in interrogation. You've changed, Biggs. You've changed a lot. I have been doing some thinking, Luke. <sighs> but, uh... Well, you're the same as ever. Hey, tell me, are you, are you still keeping a lookout for that dream girl you used to talk about? <laughs> well, I don't know her if she passes by. Biggs, I'm sorry about what I said back there. Yeah, me too. Hey, just let's forget it. Will you be around long? No, I'm leaving on the morning shuttle. Looks like there's a wind kicking up. <laughs> Wind's rising all over the Empire, Luke. Even Tatooine will feel it sooner or later. I guess I won't be seeing you for a while. Oh, maybe someday. I'll be watching for you. Listen, next season, I'm going to be going to the Academy for sure. <laughs> no, I am, I am. Take care of yourself. So long, Luke. The Biggs. Yeah. Do you really think those ships out there were just freighters? Well, not if you say they were firing, Hotshot. With an abruptness he will find difficult to believe, Luke Skywalker's life is about to change beyond his wildest dreams as he swept up in the bitter war between rebel alliance and empire. And soon, a captive princess's desperate plea for help, the final quest of a legendary hero, and the key to the empire's most awesome weapon will be decided by the actions of a young farm boy from Tatooine. Star Wars, Episode 1 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Kale Brown as Biggs, Anne Garrity as Aunt Peru, and Thomas Hill as Uncle Owen. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Sarr. Executive producer was Richard Toscan. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Titelman. <laughs>